Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the second season of LOI Weekly uh, with Johnny Ward still on my own here because Daniel McDonnell uh, is toiling hard in Russia, but we're going to hear from him shortly. And uh, we are joined by Damien Lynch. Uh, Damien, how are you getting on? Johnny, how's it going? Very, very well. Um, it's you, been a while. You thought you'd be joined by Ronan Finn. I did, yeah. Very disappointed it's just me and you. Yeah, because... Uh, Someone it, to separate us. It's Well, yeah. It, 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 Ronan Finn could have been that man, because, you know, you know, he's been uh, a Shamrock Rovers player, so he knows how to be involved in disciplinary kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, mediation or whatever. But Rovers, uh, of Leave course... Leave Stephen Bradley alone now, will you? No, f- Stephen Bradley gone into Europe um, on the back of four clean sheets. We've an awful lot to talk about, but just the Ronan Finn thing, basically, this is a kind of a screw-up on my behalf, because... I arranged through uh, the great man, Paul Corrie, that he would come in today, and Ronan Finn said he would come in, but he actually meant over the phone, and it was just a mix-up, and Ronan's actually moving house at the moment. Um, he's out in Baldoyle, I think, nice yeah. part of the world, um, but he obviously couldn't make it in, but we're going to get some audio off him in, with a view to the AIK game, so that's better than nothing, Dame, anyway. Better than just the two of us, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think we'll have a good catch-up, though, because you haven't been in this season because you've been so busy with Google. Yeah, keeping busy. Yeah, um, yeah things are grand. Pity I haven't been him up until now, but uh, glad to be here, Johnny. Yeah, ju- always good to have a chat with you. Yeah, and you're just you're flying it in the world because we just can't get you on. It's just it's too busy. Yeah, yeah. Cor- the corporate world has sucked me in. It has. You you showed me Google there uh, a few months ago. I remember I went out there and uh, kind of gobsmacked. Like these corporations now have more say in people's lives than governments, really, haven't they? Yeah, um, you came in with a nice coffee. We nice we, coffee. We made up. We patched it up. We patched it up, yeah. didn't we? Um, we to patch something up implies that like the the problem is still there, but it's kind of just is it still there? You know, like I think we're all right. I think putting okay. whiskey on a toothache and it I, yeah, dulls yeah. the pain, but <laughs> you know, still have to get your roof canal removed or whatever. I think we're there, demo. We are. You know? We are. Yeah, you come in and uh, not things are going well in there. Um, Hundred miles an hour, like everything in the world these days. But uh, good to be here, Johnny. Looking forward to the. The show and uh, what a week the um, the European fixtures. It's ones I always keep an eye out for and enjoy. And generally, um, Air have covered them over the last few years, and we've had some good trips around the country, and we've even made it over to Israel at one stage. Uh, so yeah, I really really enjoy this time of year just to t- see where where the Irish teams are. Um, classic League of Ireland style. We we've had some sh- pretty poor headlines in the last couple of weeks with uh, the usual yeah. uh, Limerick and Bray. So. Yeah, you're hoping that the, the the sides in Europe, you know, the dark cork, can sort of change the headlines a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. And we're uh, in association with Air Sports and Independent.e on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and um, obviously we always welcome your reviews and your comments on on iTunes. But as Damo alluded to there, we've a hell of a lot to talk about. And um, before we go any further, we're going to catch up now with Dan. Um, who's actually sending us a WhatsApp audio in, which is consistent with um, how the audio is coming in on this show. But we will have Rory Higgins, uh, who's actually the perform- uh, Opposition Performance Director at Dundalk. Damon, actually, in your in your days, w- w- were there lads employed to do that sort of stuff? Because I was in contact with Rory Higgins over the weekend, and he was in Tallinn um, just to watch Levadia, which I thought, it's just a sign of where we've come, maybe uh, certainly the, the elite clubs. But was that common in your playing days? Yeah, I think... Um a lot of time the managers will go over themselves. I know Stephen took a couple of days off training to go over and watch a few games when I was at Bowes, Stephen Kenny. Um, yeah, generally people would have just, you'd send someone out to see the games and I think the way it's gone now, you can get access to videos 
for pretty much any game you want now, which makes a big difference for them. But I do think getting someone out there into watching the game in the flesh and seeing what's happening off the ball or off the cameras, half the battle. So uh, probably wasn't as professional back when I was playing, but um, certainly the managers would have gone over and watched games. Uh, I remember uh, that a couple of times. But like going into these games, it's literally the unknown. You don't know. I remember you'd be going to team meetings and like Stephen was really diligent. He'd always, he'd like, there was a couple of times he, he had um, folders printed out of who the player was, height, the, all their stats, all that sort of stuff. And that's probably going back, what, over 10 years ago, if not longer. Like, you that know, was so ahead of its time. That was, yeah. Right, yeah. And I, I think we were, when I was out there with Pats, you know, Johnny McDonald, we, even back then, we, we were just starting to do, like, we had a great fitness coach, a uh, guy who went on and he was over at Liverpool. And I think he works for the FA now. Um, so, all that stuff was coming true. Um, we had a good run back when I was in European football. We generally had good runs, you know. You, end, you, you, you normally got through at least the first round, a couple of times through the second round. So lots of games, but yeah, it was just as a player, it's nothing like it. Like I would have thought that. It's yeah. unbelievable. And I still look back now. The games I remember is the European games, you know. And we had that debate before. What would you prefer, like a kind of a European run, like the Dock had, or winning a league? And I'd say memories-wise, you'd nearly prefer. You'd remember Europe more often. Yeah, and I think back. I don't, you know that Pat side we played in the Olympic Stadium in Berlin. Like you just don't get that. Like you know, um, I was um, actually at that game. Yeah, yeah. On, a, on a jolly. Yeah, it was brilliant. Like you know, and then uh, one of the games I think back to is the um, the game in Pat's where we uh, we beat um, the Swedish side. Elsport. Oh, Elsport. I was at that game. As that well. was unbelievable. Yeah. Like you know, and you just think back to them. They're, they're, genuinely, they're the memories I have. That and probably the FAI Cup final are the memories that jump out. But the European nights, I was blessed to play in in, in a few of them. So. Um, yeah, it's certainly something that I that I often think about, particularly this time of year. You get, particularly when you see the likes of Lavadia Talon come back around. Yeah, uh, managed to play against them for uh, with Bose. Unfortunately, we didn't um, didn't have a good tie over the two legs with them. But uh, yeah, it's great, great time of year for all the clubs in Europe. Stephen Kenny has seen a lot of Lavadia Talon and Bate yeah. Barisov, as he calls them. But um, and Rosenberg and Rosenberg yeah. and. Um, on Rosenberg, it's another um, Scandinavian team, AIK, that will be playing Shamrock Rovers. And that game is live on Air Sports, um, which is great news for everyone because, unfortunately, the Cork Leggy game is basically clashing with um, the World Cup semi-final. It's, it's sold out already at Turner's Cross. Um, and I, I think we'll speak about the fears we have for Cork going into that game um, when you see one of their opponents playing for Poland there in the... Uh, I think two of the players are on the Polish team that were knocked out in the World Cup. Um, but before we go any further, let's check in with Dan, who is over at the World Cup. Hello, lads. How's it going? It's, uh, yeah, Dan here just checking in from Russia, from St. Petersburg, to be precise. Uh, Monday evening, as I speak to you, World Cup semi-final here tomorrow. bit sort of miffed that... Um, I mean, not not relating to me specifically, but like that the Champions League games tomorrow, the Cork Legia game actually clashes with like a World Cup semi final. I don't think there's a way that UEFA could sort of sort this out, play the games on a Monday or even just on a Thursday this week or something. Uh, I know Cork have sold it out, but in terms of sort of exposure and stuff, getting the country on board, um, you, you'd like to think it could be tonight or or Monday night or Thursday night. But anyway, that's just a small gripe. Uh, I hope you're doing well back there. Uh, I, I can bore people talking about the World Cup next week if, if people care. Uh, I'm glad you got Damo back. Uh, a few things I'd like you to discuss tonight. I mean, A, uh, Johnny and Damo back together again. Um, I'd like that to be covered. Um, I was in Samara last week where um, where Damo was with this and Pat's team, the Krylyasovatov game back in oh, Jeff Kenner's year, some time ago now. Um, 
Dane Wallace, I think there's a few stories about the celebrations after that trip. I, I would like to hear about that. Um, but genuinely, um, yeah, missing out on league affairs, miss being around the European stuff this week because it is, I think, the best time of the year. So just for my, my quick predictions about how things were going this week, you'll obviously broaden it out. Um, I think Cork might perform very well against Legia tomorrow. I'm not going for them to go through. I just have a funny feeling... Um, they, uh, I still don't understand what they played on Friday, by the way. I know there's probably reasons for this and people screaming at it. I think the whole Mark McNulty injury doubt, um, I wonder could they have looked to get that game put off. Maybe we need to be positive and, and move beyond you know, cancelling games when teams in other countries don't do it. But uh, just from Friday at home to Rovers, Tuesday at home to Legia, it's, you know, it's a tight turnaround for what is a massive game. Uh, but anyway, I think... Cork might have a draw on them tomorrow. Um, might be a challenge to, to go through away from home. I think Dundalk will get the job done against Lavadia um, and maybe even win away because they're the type of team that can score goals away from home in Europe and that's a strength. Um, hard to be optimistic with Derry against Dynamo Minsk. I know Minsk have, you know, they think they only lost the league on goal difference to Bate last year. Um, they're a bit further off the pace this year but they're a good side. Um and I think they'll study Derry and realise there's no point in coming away and being cagey in the first game. Uh, I think they'll they'll see the value of scoring against them and, and, and find that they can do that. Um, so probably going for an away win there. Uh, and Rovers, Solna, yeah, I think Rovers actually, again, I'm feeling similar to Cork, that they might be avoiding defeat at home, although I'm not sure if that'd be their approach. Um, a home draw and then a challenge away from home to go through. Um, the only league game we've got this week, of course, is Sligo and uh, and bows now I don't even know what my view is on that um, I have to say now Sligo losing to Bray on Sunday must be one of the worst results in, in League of Ireland history um, for a Premier Division team just purely when Bray haven't trained they're in crisis and like I mean, Sligo Rovers are a full time club uh, and like they've won the league five six years ago um, what 2012 Cups and yet, as a full-time club, like they must be the most underperforming team in the country. I know they lose players. I know they find it difficult to keep hold of players. I know Stephen Kenny had a pop at Cork taking every Sligo player that Sligo produces or, or, or takes from England or whatever. Um, but you've got to wonder what a team is doing all week when they're able to, to, to lose to a side that hasn't trained at all. And like for the last couple of years... Sligo, there's just lingering sense that the dressing room culture there isn't great. Uh, and I just think you, you, a manager comes in, you get a lift, you stay up, you go again. It just reminds me of Sunderland um, in England, really. And uh, I don't know, is that something we can discuss? Uh, I see that, that the goalkeeping coaches paid the penalty for having a row with people. But really, um, you know, you, you can change it up and get rid of the manager again. But there's something like seriously wrong there. You see players leaving every so often. Um, just as a club, it's not doing the right service for the community. Uh, I mean, the the fan support is brilliant. Um, the draw is brilliant. They raise loads of money. Um, so actually, their attendances are fantastic, and they're a real club that's a part of its town. But the players, and the staff, aren't doing enough. They can't be doing enough because uh, what they're doing with the resources, you know, being able to, to train full time every day and stuff. Uh, it's criminal relative to other teams. Anyway, that's my final thought. Jerry's final thought, maybe.
it's a bit of a long one. Uh, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you next week. Johnny, behave yourself in Barcelona this week. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Johnny in Barcelona for a few days. Just stay away from the ramblers and and strange people who might want to initiate discussions at that time of night. John, be good. See you, Demo. Enjoy. Uh, so Chris, our producer here, just said, Demo, that was Dan's shortest answer in all of the episodes of Eric <laughs> Weekly, um, which I is a little bit of a dig. I thought it was actually quite. Uh, Quite good. He d- he does. He gives good answers. He doesn't give snappy answers. He gives reasons, long answers. He covered a lot there. He did. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was measured. It was uh, didn't spend too long on each topic. Moved on quite quickly. I thought it was he nailed it. Absolutely. We'll we, we'll get to some of the things he spoke about there, which was your memories of Samara and the celebrations. We'll get to that. But before we do anything else, he was quite quite uh, strong on the Sligo situation. So that was one of the results of the weekend. Um, uh, so let's wrap through this. So Cork City nil, Shamrock Rovers nil. Um, on this game, there was only one item basically that everyone was talking about here. Everyone. And I was talking to a guy today who was involved in, in football in the West. And he was talking about the, these players that he thinks could be very, very big in the future. Um, the, Mahan, the Sligo centre-back, he's 18. He really rates him. Um, and I made the point that Bizzuno could be the first million euro player in Ireland. Now, he's not 17 until February. He's kept four clean sheets out of four. Um, he's massive, great attitude, world-class penalty save. What do you think? I where, think where it's can this very, very go? early. Like, mm, um, mm. Four games in. Uh, I haven't seen any of the games live. Mm-hmm. So the penalty save was very impressive. Um, he looks agile. At such a young age, he's got everything you need there. But I would just err on the, a little bit of caution there. Um, we've seen it before, young lads come through. And you wonder how he'll deal with the pressure. I think sometimes, when I, I think back to when I was 16, I moved to the UK, and um, other young lads to come through, there's no fear in them whatsoever. It's when the second season kicks in or when you're, there's an expectancy on you, how you deal with that. So I wouldn't make any decision just yet on that. But by all accounts, it looks like he has a huge career ahead of him if he if he it, managed to keep right, but it's just very early. You don't know what his temperament's like when there's a bit more pressure put on him. But he's 16 and a half going into that level of combat, and I watched his first game, and I, I might be proud enough to say this down the year, I watched his first game for Shamrock Rovers when they played Bray, and he kind of had nothing to do, really. But the first thing, first shot, the only thing saved that I remember making was McCabe had a strike that he kind of spilled, and then he gathered the ball, but it was just like maybe little early jitters. But then thereafter, I'd think, yeah. I don't think he's made a single mistake. And for me, the, 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 what struck me about him was how physically imposing he is at 16 and not even a half. He's 16 and a So if we stop growing at whatever, 21 or whatever it is, how big could he be? And Stephen Bradley made some comments today that um, I, I actually want to uh, bring up here as well, because I, I, thought, I thought they were quite interesting in the context of... Uh, I suppose, how good he could be. And yeah. obviously there's going to be a lot of talk. Everyone is looking at him, and rightly so, because he is special. Now, that's big words. He is 16 years of age, and he is nowhere near his maturity physically. You can see that. Now, that's kind of like saying a two-year-old horse has an awful lot of grown <laughs> to do. Because to say he's yeah. nowhere near his physicality, you know, in terms of how much he can mature, is an interesting comment to say, because how do you know how much growth is there? But there obviously is a lot. When all that comes and he puts the size and the strength on, it's going to be scary what he can do. Now, you could say Stephen Bradley is kind of doing a bit of um, 
PR speak here, but I don't think he is, to be honest. I think there is more to go. You can see it in him. There is more size to be put on as well. You forget he's in school, so it's so hard. He's going into sixth year. He's not even... He's not <laughs> even. Gas, so he's training with us every day, and he does college in the afternoons, and Bradley just goes... It's like as if Bradley's like, I've kind of had enough of this interview, but he just goes, look, this kid is going to be a special player. Yeah. And the match program for that game against Bray, he was interviewed, and he was being interviewed about the under-17s. And it was like, what were your hopes for the season? And I know he had all these answers, like, you know, really, like, we just have to keep um, winning games. And it was, he was all about the under-17s. Four games later, he's strongly linked with Liverpool. Yeah. I know, like, I think the thing, when you look at someone, like, bring it back to Wayne Rooney. I think he started 16, didn't he? Yeah. There's just no fear in them. And Scored it, against, was it Arsenal? Arsenal, came on, yeah. and he got a great shot, hit the bar, went yeah. in, like. And once you get them games, if he gets 10 games playing against men, that will just transform his whole psychology. And I think if he can yeah, get... At League of Ireland At level. League of Ireland. Yeah. Like, it's the one thing I, I think back to, it's the advice I give to everyone, play real games as quickly as possible. I remember playing the reserves over in the UK and there's loads of fellas you can talk about that played in the reserves. They're not worth anything to you. Get out and play against someone who's 28, 29, been around. He's coming for a cross. Some fella's going to absolutely poleaxe him with an elbow or something like that. You have to get used to that and how you react to it. So I think... He's going to play with no fear, and the longer he gets the, the games in, you can really see him do something. Um, physically, goalkeepers, they tend to mature around their mid-20s, don't they? When you think mid-20s onwards. If he's doing this at 16, it's, it, it's a scary time ahead for him in terms of just how good he can be. But I do just always, in the modern era, the world of Twitter and that, everyone just jumps on everything. Give the kid a bit of a chance. Get him. Hopefully, he can stay until the end of the season, get games in him and see what happens. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great prospect to see someone like that coming through. Um, and fair play to Stephen for get, putting him in. Like. If he gets through the season and he improves, and he kind of, say if he, what is there, how many games are left? Um, there's 11 games left. Um, if he concedes about four or five goals in those 11 games and he does well in Europe... Um, and Rovers get an offer. <laughs> how much could... It's, but it's a lot of ifs. Yeah, lot of yeah ifs. like if he, if he, he's, he, could, he could go out and concede. With that Rovers defence, we know what they're like sometimes. They could concede five. But that's very harsh on them now. They, you know, they, since Joey O'Brien has come no, in, they, they haven't conceded in four games. That is true. That he has turned it around. But I, was, I spoke to somebody who was on, who was uh, at, the, at the match, and um, he said Rovers had some sort of a tactic in front of the shed that he kind of... He was obviously told, I think, to just move his kickouts around a bit, basically, just to kind of frustrate Cork. And the player I was uh, talking to was saying that they just stuck to their, he just stuck to his kind of um, plan. And despite the fact that the shed were heckling him, he was, he was just, he was strong enough physically, mentally. It just didn't seem to phase him at all. Yeah. And I just think for the kid of his age, and you have Brandon Kavanagh. I just, there's so much good about Rovers at the minute. Brandon Kavanagh playing at such a young age. Um, and they, they, you know, they've made two excellent signings as well, we've got to say, in Aaron Green and uh, Dylan Watts. Yeah, Watts is a savage signing. Like We, we covered a game, um, I think it was Bowes Cork, wasn't it? Um, and he was man of the match. He was brilliant. Young, no fear whatsoever. Again, it comes back to that playing with no fear. My, only, my worry with the keeper, with Bazoon, is he heads off somewhere, someone signs him, he plays in preserve team football for the next three or four years, and they'll ruin him. Like, granted, he could get a move, but he needs to be playing first-team football. Like, in the League of Ireland, if he, if he did move away to come back and play for Rovers, you have to be playing first-team football. It's one of my biggest regrets in life is not playing men's football earlier. Mm. And uh, to your point, in front of the stand, the, the shed end, or, and he's getting the dogs of abuse, that's at 16 years of age, that's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, huge. Uh, Stephen's done well. I think 
Watts is a, is a great signing. Um, I think interesting to see how he fits him in there. My only fear with Rovers is it's great having all these young lads. I think Brian Kerr said it a few times this season. It's great having young lads, and yet you need it, but you do need a mix of some senior players. I think Joey O'Brien there is a great signing to have for someone to, to bring the players on. You need that senior player, two or three senior players throughout the squad to, to drag you over the line the days you're struggling. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting time ahead for Rovers. Unfortunately, they're way off where they need to be in terms of the points that they've come, that they have. What are they? They're fourth on the table, 37 points, bit of a gap to Waterford. So a bit of work to do, but it's, it's all European football now for the, the next couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see. It's a tough game they have in, in Europe. I, I actually think Aaron Green will be a massive signing for them. I think he's so he's such a good player and he's one of the most versatile players in the league. You could play him almost anywhere where he doesn't he doesn't have to use his right foot that much. You know yeah. what I mean? He's quite left footed, but he's he can play right wing, left wing, centre midfield, yeah. up front. Yeah. You know, if they put him up front um, and and mold him into a striker that could rival Carr. I I think you know he's had a, a, a basically an aborted campaign, but Derry City two Limerick one. We won't spend too long on this, but uh, I think Derry two two new signings actually scored in this game, and they they smuggled a win out of the Brandywell here in front of what was apparently small enough crowd. But this was a big win for them because, as you say, um, you know, sorry, it keeps them within a point of Rovers. Yeah, a decent decent win, you know. Uh it's hard to get crowds to games this time of year, isn't it, with the World Cup on? Fair it's, point. It's a tough one for any, like, everyone's watching the World Cup. So, you know, um, I think it's the time of the year, though, as well, that you just, no matter the manager, to get the players, even the players are watching the World Cup, you know, just to keep the focus because you could drop a p- two points there and you'll regret that. So, yeah, decent win for them. Um, by all accounts, good form so, so far in the Brandywell this year. Uh, it's tight-knit, isn't it? When you look at Pats there... Derry, it's, there's not a, and them Rovers, there's not too much between a lot of them. So, um, interesting to see how the, the rest of that plays out. Uh, St. Patrick's Athletic 1, Dundalk 3. Now, I was actually at this game, so I, I could offer maybe a bit of insight uh, just from, from the, the perspective of more than a result. And it was, Pats have lost seven in a row, which kind of sounds terrible, but like they didn't deserve to lose against Bowes two matches ago. Um I, I, I think Barry Murphy could have saved Devaney's shot against that brilliant goal that they got against him in, in, in Daily Mount. And they brought in Brendan Clark, who had a really, really assured, polished debut. And Murphy wasn't on the bench on Friday. I don't know if he were injured or not, but that, that was obviously quite interesting. Um, but Connor Clifford didn't play, but they. Um, I just. this It was a fascinating game, but Pats did not deserve. They didn't really deserve to lose by two goals. But Dundalk were poor in the first half. And then they just. They just clearly Kenny said something at half time and then Hoban just he just turned it on. Yeah, he's on fire, isn't he? Like it's it's classic Steven side, isn't it? You know, they never have two bad halves and they just managed to grind it out. And by all accounts they were good in the second half. Um opening up a nice little gap over Cork now, and you can see Stephen he'll really want to drive that home now. Uh, particularly going into the European f- uh, fixtures, because you don't know you'd expect Dundalk to to win their round and get through. If Cork are out there's a bit of a gap there then that Cork can focus on the league very quickly while, while Dundalk are playing lots of games. So, um, yeah, what can you say about Stephen? He just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, and Sean Gannon didn't didn't play. He was sort of dropped. Adoran was dropped to the bench. Stephen O'Donnell is injured. Um, McElhenney didn't make the the uh, squad. Um, and I was just... And Georgie Kelly was kind of... I think he was on the bench. It's just like this ridiculous strength and depth there. Oh, huge, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, McElhenney's an interesting one, isn't it, coming back? Um, I don't know what to make it at. It, Why have your reservations? No, just in, in terms of, for him, for his sake, he was such a player, like such quality he has, and I was hoping he'd go away and, and really make a name for himself, you know. Um, didn't happen. No, it just didn't happen for him. Um, 
in fairness to them, they eked out the result. Watford won, Bowes won. Watford kind of came from 1-0 down here to get a, a, an important point because they're uh, they've still seven ahead of Rovers, which is kind of hard to believe. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Like, anywhere, if they finish in the top four, it's it's an unbelievable season. I think they will now. Yeah, they should it. do, shouldn't no they? No European um, you know, stuff to worry about. Yeah. Um, I, in fairness to Alan, he's done well there, you know, um, the way he's pulling together. But uh, to go back to Dan's point on Sligo, it doesn't take a lot to get a, a, a reasonable team together, get lads all brought in together and, and get a good side out there. To, like he, I do agree with what Dan is saying about Sligo. It is a shame. That brings us to the next game. Yeah. So lost in Bray. It is. The only thing I'd say is when you think about the Bray players, they're probably going out with not a care in the world. Cruyff turned on the penalty spot. Didn't train. No, they haven't done anything like, you know, they haven't trained at all. Now, it is embarrassing from a, from a Sligo perspective. And I think Little came out in the, the press and has, Little. Yeah, has said that... Um, that the players should be embarrassed, which... A fan, I think, or two, um, had a confrontation with some of the management staff after the game. Really, yeah. Mm. Did the goalkeeper and coach the dance say, I, I read somewhere that the, the goalkeeping coach has been moved on now as well? So, um, I don't know. It is a shame. When you think of Sligo, Dan's right. It is the town that is set up for football. Um, well, this is, a pathetic, this is a pathetic result. And obviously... The, the the crowd is something like two hundred and sixty, right? So I I often think this. Pl- I didn't play obviously at your level, but I'd say you go out there and sometimes your motivation levels just might naturally drop because there's no atmosphere. Oh, it's it's a Sunday afternoon, and Sligo seemed to play like you know it was the last day of a holiday. Like yeah, yeah, and they're out trying anything, and it's coming off, and and there's not a, f- a care in the world. There's nothing worse than a Sunday afternoon game when there's no one there out mm. in Bray. Oh, it's desperate. I can think of a a few. I actually think when my first season at Bowes. I think we went seven games in a row or six games in a row while winning and then we lost out in Bray on a Sunday afternoon with a two o'clock kickoff. It was just desperate. Um, but listen, the Sligo lads, it's just not good enough. And as Dan alludes to, I think there is dressing room problems there. They haven't seemed to get that right. Even when you think back to when Owen was there, Owen Heary, um, just there's something toxic in that club over the last couple of years. Um, it's a shame because, yeah, I loved going and playing there. I love seeing them doing well. It's, it's a proper football it's, town. It spreads soccer around the country, you know. So Sligo should be top four, top three, definitely. And, and there's a lot of investment there. So, yeah, it's an it. Obviously, the way the league, a 10 team league, they'll, they'll be all right. But um, something has to happen there. Um, we'll get to the, the first division scores later in the show. Some really, really notable results in the first division, including Alan Murphy's first victory um, as Galway United manager. And I, I got a. Quite a few League of Ireland heads kind of spinning today by sending loads of WhatsApp messages saying, oh my God, have you seen the Stephen Kenny news? And they're like, what, what, what is it? And I was like, he's gone. I was like, what? Yeah, and then I sent them on like a forward a tweet from Go United that winger Stephen Kenny had left Some the club. man, Johnny. Some mutual, man. But it worked. You I were happy with that one, weren't you? I was. <laughs> I'm definitely happy with Ronan What's the story with, um, with Galway then? Are you, um, I, I listened to you uh, on... Talking about the, you were at the board meeting and yeah, you're, yeah. you're optimistic. Yeah, it, it's just there's a real vacuum of information at the moment. So people are just hoping that the Saudis don't get kind of excused upon cold feet, like because there just hasn't we haven't heard anything. But Alan Murphy's come in and got an immediate response from the players. Yeah, they were playing against that loan um, at the weekend, and I, I I basically knew that they were going to win the game because that loan are pathetic at the moment. They're going to go through the whole season. Um, I I would imagine now they're going to go through the whole season without winning a game and. Uh, the Atlone situation 
probably does merit some chat. I, there was something I noticed about this, and perhaps that loan can actually explain this to us as well, um, because Paul Fennessy put up an article uh, on the 42.ie um, about uh, Darren Kavanagh, who speaks to the 42.ie about his reasons for leaving and battled uh, first inside the loan town. The only people who are in the stands are the family of the players, is, is a direct quote. But then you go into the article, and it's gone. Right. So somebody obviously told the 42.ie, you've got to get rid of that article for whatever reason. So if anyone is listening from at Lone Town, which I doubt it when you have about 40 people going to your games, but if anyone actually still supports what's going on at that club, maybe you can get on to us and explain what happened there and explain why you're going to embarrass the club by going through the season without winning a game. Um, but let's get to Europe, because i got to praise <laughs> Ronan Finn. In is that, uh, drop the mic there, Johnny, go on. Ronan Finn. But la- like last week, Demo, I was on here with uh, with Sam uh, Verdon and uh, Shane Keegan, who in fairness to him has been basically let go by Go United. He would admit that you know the mutual consent stuff was somewhat nominal. Uh, and Sam Verdon, who's, who's trying to make his way in the League of Ireland, and we were speaking about Bray and Limerick, um, and, and now it's that loan that you come on and you talk about, like it just brings the, the whole thing down so much. Ah, yeah, like... Again, let's not rehash it again, mm. but uh, it's just not good enough for football in Ireland the way that goes. Um, something ha- like over and over and over again, you're just talking about it. You said that it's, it's worth talking about it alone. At this stage, is right. it, is it is really it? worth talking about it alone? I don't think it is. Um, Ro- Robbie Benson made a point recently of how few players from the Midlands are playing in the League of Ireland. It's actually frightening. Yeah, um, frightening. He's from, I think he's from Cousin, which is just outside at Lone, but um, apart from a couple of guys at Longford, there are very, very few players from about five or six counties in the Midlands actually playing League of Ireland. So apparently the standard of, of football in that Lone Town is quite poor, but such a proud club. I remember going there when I was younger, and I, I find this very, very hard to watch, and I don't even support at Lone, but in, in much, much better news, Ronan Finn has sent in an absolute football team of WhatsApp audios here which you'll get to listen to later on so we haven't listened yet but Ron and Finn in the middle of moving house um, what a legend I'm just going to um, text him that as we speak so let's get on to it love this time of year that's great isn't I, it? I actually really don't care about the World Cup uh, compared to this stuff really? no I actually genuinely if you if I had the offer of Cork and Leggy or any game in the World Cup I would, it wouldn't cost me a moment's thought and unfortunately it's not on TV uh. because it's clashing with uh, with the, the World Cup semi-final tomorrow night. It's but madness that it's clashing, it, isn't it? Cork v Legia. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, I don't think I could have got a tougher draw. I think as the draw goes, it's the one you'd really want to avoid. Like uh, There was some tough teams in there. Listen to Dan earlier when he was saying he, he fancies Cork to do something in the home leg. How? Yeah, it's, uh, having said that, they're set up. They, defensively, John sets them up well at times. You know, um, They'll go direct. They won't have a lot of possession. Um it, I just, they won't have a lot of possession, right? How how did they go into Legia when they've been playing week in, week out, like without really going through midfield? Without really... Like, you could see the game against Cork. They weren't bad second half, but they're not really a possession team. How, no, they're not. How are they going um, to cope with Legia? No, but they'll just get the two banks of four. Um, they'll drop the, uh, they'll, they'll leave one up top, uh, and they'll just make it different, difficult for, for Legia. Nil-nil is a good result for them. That would be a fantastic... An unbelievable result. Because uh, Cork actually have a bit about them going forward. Nil-all would be a fantastic yeah, result. Yeah, and so get out of there with nil-all. Like, we were down there last year for the, the Cypriot team when they, they, um, when they got knocked out. We covered our games last year. and To your point, they never really got going at times. I think that 
I, the away leg was a talent last year that they um, yeah that Larnica wasn't it uh, knocked yeah. out yeah who, who, who await on dock should they beat uh, talent which who were tidy now but Cork just never really got going um, and they had Shawnee for those two games that's right yeah. yeah he struggled in the second one didn't he um, should have gotten he, a penalty actually later on he was he pushed was too over. honest yeah he stayed yeah. up he yeah. actually should have went down um, what would you have done definitely gone down yeah, yeah. I'm with you absolutely yeah get um, the pe- if you're fouled it's not it's oh not yeah, a dive it's not, it's not diving if exactly. it's a foul come on demo relationshiprestore.com <laughs> uh, we're back aren't we forward yeah. slash where do we go from here dot html you know wow yeah I like that. Um, uh, but I, listen, Cork, uh, I... Uh, Dude, they played Delaney, though. I was, I couldn't believe they didn't play him on Friday night against Rovers. I thought, would they bring him straight into this game? I think they are going to now. I, I would. Um, no yeah, problem? No. Throw him in there. A lot of experience. Yeah, I, I'd have no problems in there. I think it's someone, it'd be interesting for someone like him, you know, coming in. Uh, so much experience playing. It's a totally different game. And at times, in European football, you just have to be comfortable. We won't have the ball. Just get back behind the ball. Uh, but John sets his sides up very well like that. So I think they oh, outside chance. I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll get a draw. I think they'll get. I think it'll be tough for Leggy going there. And then if they got a draw, nil nil in the first leg going away from home, it's not bad. You could you could sneak a goal away, away from home. So tough one, but did they they got a, a bonus in the draw? Though, yeah, they? so, so they got, get a buy. Skip the draw for the Europa League after. Yeah, they, I. Th- what are you going for? I, I, I'd be amazed if they got Anton out of the tie. Maybe not amazed if they got a draw on Turner's cross, but like I, I'm doing the old, I saw Leggia playing two years ago, whatever, but I think they, they've probably not worked. Like they, I, I, Cork were looking at video of Leggia playing Real Madrid the other, the other day as part of their video no analysis, way. and you're like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Can you send me on the uh, the Limerick tape? <laughs> and you're going in on the back of losing in Dundalk and yeah. drawing at home to Rovers, and their grip on the title is definitely in doubt now. But it is. But uh, Leggy are a serious, 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 serious game, side. Like, like no, you but they're I mean? a serious You've... side demo. Oh, yeah. Like, and you know, Peter Cherry may have to come in if McNulty. Now, in fairness, as a replacement keeper goes, it doesn't get much better it, yeah. than that. But. I just I just can't see how they're going to somehow become a passing team to no, but they won't. No, they won't, and they'll. Can you get away with it over ninety minutes? Like you can get away with it over ninety minutes. Over two legs, it's difficult, particularly out there. Um, they'll move the ball well, but in Turner's Cross, the place will be hopping. Absolutely hopping. Yeah, um, sold out already. No, like I I think they absolutely can get away with it. They they don't want possession. If they've twenty five thirty percent possession, that's absolutely fine. Just once they set up well. Um, yeah, it, oh, great game. Like, Turner's Cross will be absolutely hopping. Yeah, and it's just such a shame like that a game of this nature is not on TV. I know there are circumstances beyond control, but these are the games that really we should have on to sell the League of Ireland. And uh, I think Legia will hockey cork, being honest with you. Do you think so? Yeah. No. I think they could win 3 or 4 nil on tomorrow. In the first leg? Mm. They no beat Dundalk 2 nil. They beat Dundalk 2 nil. But that's Dundalk's a difference. Dundalk won't actually sit back. I think that's why I think uh, the way Caulfield will set up, they'll, they'll set up defensively, which is absolutely fine in the European games. Um, there's no, no way will it be a 2 3 niller. I'd be shocked. Um, I have a very interesting text here from Ronan Finn. I'm not even sure I can read this out, but I probably will anyway because he's just heaping praise on Stephen Bradley for the work he's done at Shamrock Rovers. And he's obviously invoking memories as well of... Uh, some of the managers he played under, namely Mick O'Neill. So we'll hear Ronan Finn's uh, audio in due course and get back to it. Damo, they're going to get knocked out though, Cork, aren't they? Cork? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Derry City, Dynamo Minsk. I saw Dynamo Minsk against Pats a few, not that long ago, two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, like, Pats were middling enough now. They weren't, they were nowhere near the Pats teams maybe you would have uh, played for. Um, and they nearly actually got a result in that. But as Dan said there, if Minsk are anywhere near Bate, yeah, which they obviously are, this, and what do you make of Derry? I just, I kind of, they're my kind of peeve at the moment because, uh, I just look at them and they're, apparently their performance against Rovers was pathetic and they just lack backbone and they go on and on and on about resources and the amount of players that have left and all that but I just, I want to look at the players that are there and why they're not doing better. Yeah, they've, and they've struggled in European football, haven't they? They and were a shambles last yeah, year. Yeah, they were really, really disappointing last year. I think this is a hiding. I think, yeah, Kenny Shields will love us saying this but um, I think this could be a, a big score for, for Minsk. The tie will be over after one leg. Um, it's be interesting to see the European teams don't like coming to Ireland I remember like looking at some of them when they used to come out for their warm-ups or just walking around before and you could see their faces like oh Jesus what's this place so uh, I know the Brandywell has been done up a bit but um, nah it's a challenge uh, really don't fancy Derry they've had a mediocre season haven't they I think with Kenny Shields they have mediocre yeah 11 wins 11 defeats they have what, lost negative, a negative goal difference like ne- yeah, goal, but Derry have negative goal difference yeah, but I that's guess. the way they play, though. You know, they're attacking. The, I know they've lost players. But they're they, bottlers. Like, they, they, like they ah, lost. That's harsh. They, Come on. They, they, lo- they went to Rovers, lost 5-6-0 early in the season. Derry City should be ashamed of themselves in, in, uh, at this level. To You're have like s- a Fox News reporter there, you are. To have scored fewer <laughs> goals than they've conceded this season is a disgrace. And I don't think that dressing room is in a healthy place for a club of the talent that they have. I've made this point before. If Stephen, so Kenny, if Stephen Kenny were managing that team, they could well be challenging for the title. Maybe one player extra. Um, instead, they're fifth. Might get into Europe. Wow. But that any, was, in any event... I think that's harsh. They've signed, I do. They've signed a lot of goals scored. They've more scored more goals than Waterford. Uh, does same that, amount of goals really as Rovers. No, I know. Listen, defensively, no, they've fairness, struggled. You look at that, actually, look at that goal... Like, like that tells a tale. Dundalk are plus 51 and Cork are plus 30 and then the rest are kind of but that's the apart same. from Rovers. It's mad, isn't it? Much yeah, of a muchness. Yeah. Warford are plus 8 and they're third which yeah. is a fair achievement. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In, in, any, in any case, we can't be optimistic because of their performance in Mittyland last year but I, I hope they don't shame the league and do a bit better uh, this time. Uh, it, it, I think it's going to be a tough one. Mm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't fancy them to, to get anything out of the game. To your point, I just hope it's not an embarrassing score. Um, but as I said, Kenny Shields would be delighted hearing that. The Dublin media. Yeah, well, he, w- he probably would say that. I actually love Kenny Shields. I think he's great for the league. But uh, I don't think Derry City losing 5-0 uh, this time around, like a similar scoreline to last year, would be great for the league. But I am I'm I think they'll probably score because I think they've locked them forward. But this will be something like 3-1 to Minsk. Yeah. Now, Ronan Finn is not in the studio, but... Um, in the midst of a house move, he sent us on loads of uh, audio um, to talk about the game coming up on Thursday. Shamrock Rovers against AIK, uh, which is live on Air Sports. And the questions I put to him were, how good is Bazoon, the keeper? What do you make of the two signings, which we spoke about, Watson's Green? What are your favorite memories of Europe? How would you assess the Europe performance this year? Last year, rather, when they were knocked out by the Czech side. That's they right, they yeah. got through against uh, his Icelandic team. Starna, was it? Uh, Starna. Yeah. And Ronan Finn, actually, in fairness, before we get to the interview, uh, has a good record in Europe because he, he was he scored for overs during the Europa League that time, and he was very good. I remember he's 
Remember that, that time when we were all dreaming of what might happen when Dundalk nearly topped the group after three yeah. games? And Ronan Finn had that shot early on in Tala that night that just whistled past the post. The run for Dundalk, he was unbelievable. Mm. He just physically, he was strong. He was everything about him. Um, it's the, the type of football seemed to suit him. Yeah, he's had a brilliant uh, European career. I think if you, if you went through each of the games he's played in, uh, probably one of the best I've ever in, in the league ever in terms of players who have played in Europe. So he's got definitely got the pedigree. Very uh, a very dynamic player that kind of is maybe sometimes hard to know exactly where to play him because he's not a, he's not a player that'll kind of run a game necessarily midfield. But if you can get him running off balls and passing in advanced areas, slightly Stephen Gerrard esque. Where yeah. you, you know yeah. he won't be the one who's dictating the game all the time, but has moments of magic yeah. that um, comes in and out of games. So yeah, look, he's had a fantastic career, hasn't he, Ronan? Um, I did like. The European games, thinking when you mentioned it earlier, he looked back at some of the European games with some fond memories because he, he really did put up them. I, I remember thinking um, Sean, um, Sean Williams was uh, playing alongside Lovely him. player. And it was him and Sean in the middle um, for what were they called? In Dublin Santry, City. Uh, Dub- no, in Century Stadium, um, Sporting Fingal. And, Fingal, uh, sorry. Yeah, Sporting <laughs> Fingal. I apologise. And... Sean always had that bit of nastiness in him or something like that. He had a great left foot, but he had a bit of nastiness. Whereas Ronan was just that bit nicer. He used to, he'd never kick you intentionally, you know. And Sean was, had a bit of uh, oh, he was the a, dark arts. He did, yeah. He was, at, um, he was actually at uh, Drogheda under Paul Doolan when I was there. So great player. Recent Irish debut. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. We uh, had him on as one of our first guests, I remember. That's right, last year. Lo- he yeah. just came across yeah. a lovely guy. Yeah, yes. great guy. Yeah. But it's just, just going back to, there wasn't much between them. But I don't know, uh, Sean just had that little bit of nastiness. But listen, Ronan's had a fantastic career. Um, I'm great for Rovers to have him around. Um, in what is, I have to say, an exceptionally tough toy, I don't really fancy him. Uh, yeah, the, I, I, I interrupted myself there because the other things I was asking were, have you any chance and how much are you buzzing this time of year for the European game? So here is what Ronan had to say, um, probably in the order, I suppose, of uh, the questions. Yeah, young Gavin, um, brilliant keeper, um, really top fella, top professional. You know, he's um, like I said, like you know, he's only sixteen. Um, I mean, not coming off the bus <clears throat> last week against Cork, he saved a penalty, and he's um, you know, he's he's helping a few of us off to clean the bus before we get off. That's the type of fella he is. You know, he's a really um, level-headed lad. Um, he's still in school. Um, you know, he's you know he's studying hard and. He he's got a really bright future. Um, I think he's a you know a real product of the club coming through the academy. Um, you know credit there to Shane Robinson. You know the likes of them. You know they've really um you know they work hard. Um, you know trying to get these players into the force team and listen. Uh, you know it's a massive massive credit to the manager. Um, you know he's he's played Gavin the last four games. Um, Gavin's kept four clean sheets and um I mean it's just. You know, not many managers, I don't think, would um, would have thrown a 16-year-old in, but the manager knows how good he is and believes in him like he does with all of us. So, similar to Graham, I think in that respect, you know, Graham, you know, has got a brilliant move. Um, and I think he credits a lot of it down to the manager being so good with him. You know, Graham had a license to play and I think uh, the manager got the best out of Graham. And I think from, you know, the close point of view, um, Graham coming back from England, um, he was like, you know, it can be difficult at times, but the manager in the club and, you know, the people, Glenn, the likes of, you know, great people there have really rallied around Graham and, you know, got him playing his best football and he's got a great move out of it. Yeah, I think it's two great piece of business from the club. Um, 
you know, we're delighted to have Dylan and Aaron in with us. You know, they're two fantastic players. I played against Dylan earlier on the season. I thought he was a, you know, a really top player. And I've, I've known Aaron, you know, for some time now, playing against him and playing with him. I know what Aaron's about, what he gives us, um, you know, pace, power. He really gives us attacking options. And, and Dylan, likewise, Dylan's so technically gifted, you know, um, you know, such a bright future. And, you know, he's had, you know, he's got great experience now in the league. He's, you know, being with UCD and then obviously gone away and coming back and playing with the, with Bohemians. He's got, um, you know, he's got a lot of games under his belt now and I think we're getting um, Dylan at a great time and he's got a massive future ahead of him. Um, Aaron, likewise, I think Aaron's now on the peak of his career. You look at the condition he is in, he's, you know, he's a proper athlete and they really add firepower to us. Um, you know, it's going to be, you know, we're, Going to have great, you know, give the manager a headache, I suppose, that's what you want. It's a very exciting time of the year as a player. Um, you always want to make sure you're, you're in European football come July. I suppose that all stems from, you know, qualification from the year previous. But I suppose once you know that, um, kind of you're always wondering, or sorry, in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, right, make sure that um, we're in good state coming into European football. At the moment, we are, we're playing, we're playing quite well at the minute. Um, I think it's a great time for the fans and um, you know they obviously have special memories from uh, 2011 and it's something that we all want to get back to um, so no no it's a you know as a player it's something you really look forward to you want to test yourself against you know top teams top players and European football is the stage to do that you know it's you know you, you know you're not going to get an easy game there more often than not very technical teams you play against you know continental teams they always play a decent brand of football and um, like I said though you can't get overawed by the occasion we know what we have in our dressing room um, so now really look forward to it I think it, um, the club is making great strides in, in every department uh, on and off the pitch of late and um, you know the new stand being built the academy you know the training ground everything so we got to make sure as footballers that um, we do our job on the pitch and, and make sure we do all I can to Continue um, the development of you know the what the club has planned and European football is part of. Suppose I've um, been lucky enough to have uh, quite a few occasions in Europe. Um, there's it's probably hard to pick out one in particular. Obviously, you know qualifying in two thousand eleven, um, the first club uh, to qualify to the group stages was a massive high. You know just and the whole game itself in in Belgrade was a game to remember and um, I suppose the game in Tala as well you people do forget that as well and um, Gary McCabe's got a brilliant goal in fairness that night as well I suppose the tackle kind of gets forgotten about um, but no listen then I was lucky enough then to have a similar experience with Dundalk and um, I couldn't actually pick one to be honest um, I've been like I said I've been lucky enough um, to have a few bright nights in Europe and um, it's something that every player will want to experience and hopefully now um, within our group over whether it be this year or next year over the next coming years we you know you, you, you hit similar heights again last year we um, got beaten by a, a Czech Republic team they were um, in fairness they were technically a very very good side um, I think over the course of the two legs they were a better side and probably deservedly went through. Um, first leg, we played a team from Iceland. Um, we did 
like we did for the uh, Czech Republic team, we did a huge amount of homework. The manager's brilliant with that, like the, the amount of video we do and information we get about players. Um, you know, you know, it's brilliant to have to say. It's you know, obviously you don't get to see these players on a regular basis, so any information you can get, um, you want as a player because you know you need to know your opponent as best as you can, and the club um have been brilliant for that um. So listen, last year was difficult. We played against um, a tough team, and we, you know, we were up against it. I think they beat us three two in Tala, which was always going to be a tough ask going away over there. Um, and they were a really good side. I, I, they actually got knocked out with penalties in the next round, which was a surprise. That, but um, no, they they had some really good players, and um, we feel we have a chance. Um, listen, we understand that, um, AIK or you know a. a Top side, or they've got some, you know, really technical players. But um, we've confidence in our own ability, and um, we'll do a lot of homework as we have done over the last couple of days on them, and get as much information as we can. We've uh, member of staff went over to watch them the weekend, and we had, a, you know, watched the video of our game today. And um, listen, 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 we know it's not going to be, you know, an easy game for us. But I mean, we're at home this week, and. Uh, you know, we've got to take the game to them. We've got to impose our own game. We know we've got um, technical players that would be able to hurt them. Um, and we can't um, get away from that. We've got to believe in ourselves and be confident. We're playing well at the moment. We've kept four clean sheets in a row. Um, we, you know, we've got to play our own football and not be overawed by the occasion. Um, don't get me wrong, you you respect them. And you, but at the same time, I mean, we want to get through to the next round. Um, so now, looking forward to the game. I don't think, um, you know, I don't like. Listen, we we, we don't we're not fearing them. You know, we understand they're they're going to be a good side, but we're going to impose ourselves on the game. Uh, demo. So we had Ronan Finn there, and he he actually sounds quite hopeful about this, and spoke about it. obviously he's good European memories. But um, Shamrock Rovers AIK, will you be at the game or will you be watching it live on Air Sport? Live on Air Sport. It's great, great yeah. to have uh, a game to watch. It's a good one to Who have. Uh, I, I'm worried about this game. I think uh, why? I think Eric Hare, decent side, top of the table, um, good pedigree. I think the way Rovers play, uh, they could go up and be naive here. I think they need all the experience they can get of the likes of Ronan Finn, just to settle into the game. Um, there'll be a good few young lads in, in that side, and in European football against the good sides, you get it wrong for 15 minutes, you're out. That's the difference, isn't it? Mistakes just will, will, will be punished. Absolutely. I, I think, go back to the Talon game where I was at Bowes and we were, it was nil all. We brought them back to Daily Mount and they scored. We, we, we thought, that's, let's just go at them. We were 1-0 down after 20 minutes or 15 minutes and we just weren't getting back into it. They, oh, they were brilliant on the break. And I just, the top sides, like, and when I mean top sides, the top sides at this level, uh, the IKs. I don't know if Rovers have the, the pedigree all the way throughout the side. I think Ronan's absolutely brilliant guy who's done well in Europe over the years and that, but he's getting on now as well, you know. So you're hoping he sits in and gets the, the side together. Um, Granted, you've, you know, Greg Bulger and uh, you have O'Brien there behind him. And, you know, now, there's lots of experience in there. But goalkeeper in I think the, the two lads, Greg and, and that, but like... Uh, the European games are different. You know, if you get them wrong, I, I can't emphasise that enough. Like, I remember playing Rosenberg and I think over a 15-minute spell, they could have scored eight goals. Like, they were just, they just turn it on and you just can't get hold of the ball. Um, 
I'm not saying that's going to happen to Rovers. I think it's going. To, I, I do think it's a very, very tough tie. I wouldn't see them um, qualifying over the two legs, getting through the tie. I don't see that. But maybe they a score draw um, this week. I think they have a chance. And if you put Rovers' best team on the pitch right now with no Graham Burke, um, it's frighteningly good. Actually, I think I, there are very few holes in us. It's up to Rovers to gel, maybe. But I don't see them being much. I don't see them being far off Cork next season uh, at the moment. I think Green and Watts are huge signings. And how much of a dilemma is it now to decide, should we bring these players in to start against AIK in their first game I, for Shamrock Rovers? I'd be surprised they started. I think the lads who are there um, yeah. should. Oh, I, would, I would expect But then you could have Brandon Caffin, I will say, who's, what, 17. Do you want to start him or do you want to start Dylan Watts? Who's what twenty? Is he? Uh, he's uh, he's a little older than is that. He? I think 21, 22. 21. Yeah, he's, but wouldn't not hugely experienced either in it. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'd be surprised if he brought in the lads. If the, the lads he signed to start will start. Um, and Alan so Manis has come in, and now he's like, well, how do we drop this kid? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, I'd say he'll stick with what he has. I don't think that he'll make too many changes because they're on a good run, aren't they? Um, did you say they haven't conceded in four? Is that it's right? Four games, yeah. yeah. Which is not all under the kids. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I think it's, but I do think it's very tough. I do. Um, the Swedish sides they move the ball well at times, um, and I think if it was a, if they were away first to bring it back to Tala, they'd have a chance. But I think it's, yeah, I don't fancy them. So I'm going to give Rovers a chance here of my my outside tip because I think we do expect Dundalk maybe to, but I really do think Rovers have a bit of a squeak. And this is a very kind of a bland kind of generic comment, but I think in general against uh, Scandinavian teams and certainly Swedish teams, League of Ireland clubs do well. Since summer football, League of Ireland clubs versus Swedish clubs, I think 5-3, including that game that you played in against Elfsborg. Yeah. Um. So I think we should be proud of that. And I, I, I generally think the Swedish sides technically are not outrageously better. Whereas if you play a team like maybe Legia or, or even even Minsk, actually, they just can be at a different level. But we shall see. Yeah. yeah. Technically, they're, they're, one thing about them is they're always fit and big lads. Mm. Um, you sound like the general comments that are made about the Irish teams. Now, well, they'll, they'll be strong and physical <laughs> and they'll have great heart. Yeah. Like. No, but I, I, yeah, I just think they'll be well-organized. They're top of the table. Um, I probably I'm my fear is Rovers, not necessarily AIK. I think I tend to agree. I think going into this, they won't set they'll they'll they won't set up well enough to defend at times. They'll be a little bit naive, and we've seen that throughout the season and some of the games. I think you're being harsh though. Four clean sheets in a row. They might be four games. Like and Joey O'Brien, who admittedly brought down Shepard for a penalty on Friday. I think he's been part of it. If Rovers play this four-five-one system, where they We'll have their, their back four will probably be Kavanagh, who's an outstanding player, I think. Um, uh, Ex-Fulham lad, Sean Kavanagh on the left. On the right, um, they'll have... I'm not sure who they'll have on the right, but they'll probably have Grace and O'Brien. And then in the midfield, they'll have Bulger, um, maybe Kavanagh, maybe Watts, um, maybe Sam Bone, who's another very yeah. promising player. They'll have a solid block in midfield where they'll make sure they're not outrunning midfield anyway. So then it'll be a case of not giving away sloppy goals. Yeah, and discipline. Discipline. Um, I think that's improved the thing on well. that regard. Yeah, well. they have done, but um, no, I, I'm sticking with it. I think they're going to struggle. We've okay. We've engaged in a lot of kind of banalities there in terms of what to expect. But <laughs> <laughs> at least when it comes to Dundalk and Lavadia, Dundalk know what to expect because Rory Higgins, their opposition performance uh, director, got a bit of a free junkus trip to uh, Estonia there at the weekend to ostensibly watch Lavadia play. But he did that anyway, and it's a great job title, isn't it? 
What, I, what I wouldn't mind that job. Well, I, I, I opposition opposition performance analysis. I, I only came up with that, but that is effectively what he does. So, right. in fairness, that may not actually be his uh, the nominal nature. It's not of like it. you to make something up. Um, that's well, you know. Anyway, I asked him what was Lavadia's talent performance like the weekend. I think they were playing in a, like a League Cup game or something. What are the dangers for Dundalk, and have they improved since they played Cork? And I think that's the point that he'll probably want to uh, make in particular. Yeah, it was obviously at the game in um, Tallinn at the weekend on Saturday. They played against lower league opposition, so the standard, the opposition standard wasn't wasn't great, but you could still get a feel for how they played, how they set up, what they do in possession and out of possession. In fairness, we had a lot of the homework done before I went out there, but it was just to get a feel for it and, um, and possibilities that might come into the team that haven't been playing regularly. And, and thankfully, five play, five or six players played that, that have been on the fringes, so we know a bit more about them now as well. So it was worthwhile exercise in, in that sense. Um, they have dangers, especially in, in the front five, I would say. The two, two wide players are dynamic, uh, both very quick. Um, both goal threats getting in at the back post from the opposite side and, and the attacking midfield players Raka who um, he he has about six caps for Bosnia and a couple of goals as well so he's a good player uh, arrives into the box late and, and scores different types of goals and that. so he, he's, a, he's a threat as well and someone that has to be watched and they play a 4-4-2 which, which is unusual in the, in the modern day game but um, the two strikers, both good with their back to goal. Um, Debelko, who's the out-and-out striker, has got, I think it's 17 goals in 18 league games this season, so he has to be watched. He's bright around the box, and he's a goal threat for them. Um, and they, I think they've improved since last year as well. Um, and they have a big turnover in players, new coach, new staff. Played a different system, a uh, different way of playing. Um, and they've brought in a few loans from Ukraine uh, who are good players and, and, and that type of thing so they've definitely improved and, and the philosophy at the club has changed um, but yeah they'll definitely be tough opposition um, and one that we need to be wary of um, but hopefully if we uh, prepare properly and we're at our best hopefully we can get a positive result on Thursday and, and, and bring it back home the following Thursday that that must have been like something like um, if Stephen Kenny said, "Listen, Rory, you know, I'm in a bit of a rush here, but can you give me two minutes on the on the opposition, and I'll just lash it out there." And secondly, it sounded like he was driving. I hope he wasn't like cruising with one hand and then, you know, recording audio on his phone in the other. It sounded like he was driving. Yeah, yeah very very uh, chilled out individual. And he did well. Like a lot, lot again, um, as good as Dan there, very succinct. Very succinct. He, he nailed it. Yeah, uh, interesting. I think the point that comes out of it there is when. He said it seems like they've improved from last year. But they're playing 4-4-2. Yeah. Like, Dundalk do not play teams. There's Ever. no way any team in League of Ireland would pitch up against that Dundalk team and play 4-4-2. You couldn't do it. No. Uh, and I think when you play 4-4-2, if you're playing against a tree in the middle, uh, you'll really, really struggle. Except Watford, in fairness. <laughs> Chris is making <laughs> Chris the point there. <laughs> Except Watford, who... No, in fairness, they do play four four two. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, but the, with a kind of a diamond. But anyway, if they play a conventional four four two, this gonna be interesting. It will because then whoever wins the battle in the middle, if there's three lads, the three Dundalk lads, you'd fancy in the middle to get a hold of the ball and move it well. So intriguing toy uh, Dundalk 
how often do you go into games for Irish teams are firm favourites? They are. You know, you like, like that's the danger. There's huge expectancy on Dundalk now. Like it's nearly they, Dundalk will win this guaranteed. What's the next tie? Um, but it's never that easy, is it? And no, particularly Stephen has had bad memories here, that, um, and, and and they were expected to beat Lavadia at that time. Oh, we were you know? absolutely, yeah, because yeah, we the year before uh, we got to the Rosenberg knocked us out, but we had I think who did we we beat Bate Borisov the first round the previous year, and then Rosenberg knocked us out, and we just won we'd won the league obviously, um, and we were going into it very very confident, and we just got caught off guard. We went away from home nil all, which was a pretty shit result. Um, to be to be nil but, all, but to be to be fair, like yeah, you're still nil all is at least you're not conceding, I suppose. You know, no, it is, but I think in the if you're at home, um, you know, you concede one, the panic station set mm. in. You know, mm. you need mm. you need to score two, um, but it, you'd fancy Dundalk all day. Steve, like the one thing that there's never complacency with them is there. Um, Rory's gone over, done all the homework. Be interesting to see. Well, it sounded like it was a lower lower team opposition. Did they change much? Um, the wingers seem to be uh, decent players from what Rory's saying there. So should be a good game. Um, not on TV, is it? No, unless unless there's a late bid to get the game in Ori. I'm at that game, thankfully, I think. So I'm looking forward to going up there. Love, love watching the dock in Europe, I have to say. Yeah, they're great. I, I kind of put up a tweet there at the weekend that maybe implied that I was like vaguely, you know, very pro than dock versus other clubs. But that was in relation to... Stephen Kenny having to respond. You are, aren't you? I, I'd have a soft spot for them because of the way they play. I can't you know? believe you tonight talking about Rovers. It's like you're, you've jumped on the bandwagon. I think Rovers will be the biggest club in Ireland in the next in about five to ten years' time because they're going to make an awful lot of money from the, pro- the project is working. The project. Isn't it? I think they get slagged over the project too much. Um, I think in ways not, they, not they, enough. They could be a more friendly club in ways in terms of people coming to the ground, but they're probably working on that. Bowes maybe is a better atmosphere at Bowes games. Pats is kind of more of a family atmosphere mm-hmm. maybe. But I think Rovers, in terms of what they're doing, they're going to be huge. And I, I think, yeah, they're going to be a massive club by our standards sooner or later. But he had to respond anyway, Kenny, to comments from John Caulfield, um, which were slightly strange. And Stephen Bradley's, which were about paying money for McElhinney after they sold him for nothing. I, I just saw absolutely no basis for his argument John makes, has made a few strange comments hasn't he about Stephen uh, yeah the real they couldn't compete and all that after yeah. signing Damien Delaney you know yeah. like you know they they got they got whatever 5-6 million in Europe in 2016 they they haven't really blown that money but they didn't get for, I, I think if you actually dig into I don't I didn't see there's 3 or 4 million in the bank anyway 3 or 4 I think they have that much yeah which yeah I and they haven't like they haven't blown their money they've gotten European money since and they're, yeah. they're fine so they it's hard to compete against ground, that. don't they Absolutely, they badly do. But, like a but Car- Car- I don't see why Caulfield and Bradley needed to get into that argument. I, my and Stephen Kenny, he focuses on Dundalk. He doesn't get into this nonsense. Generally, doesn't Stephen? No, yeah, I just I just don't see. And he's a very nice man. I I don't see why you have to go down that road. Yeah, that's a strange um, one. But the watching them the other night, um, Michael Duffy, you won't you won't, you won't have seen this, but he's run for the second goal, which Chris Shields of all people scored, was absolutely insane. And then the, what was mad about the third goal was. Pats had a corner, right? And Dundalk kind of fell asleep in that Madden was free at the edge of the box. So it was like everyone expected a high ball. They went like low across the box. So Madden had a shot at goal from 20, 22 yards, deflected wide. From the next corner, did the exact same thing. And I hope Stock Republic show both corners because it was really key, the sequence. But this time... Madden's shot was kind of blocked and all of a sudden there was a break. So yep. it was like four on one or four on two. Once they break, they're unbelievable. Yeah. So it was Robbie Benson, Adorjan and uh, Hoban, Hoban, 
And Hoobin, I could see him, he was like literally bursting to try to get up there. And Robbie Benson, just typical Robbie Benson, who nearly got a goal of the season, he wouldn't take the shot on himself. He just waited for the two-on-one and then he put Hoobin in. But uh, the second half, they turned it on um, and I think they're going to qualify from this tie. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think it's amazing the way Stephen manages to replace wingers all the time. You know, Duffy's come in and he's just a talent. He just seems to get... And, when you look at what he did with Daryl Horgan and all the lads gone over the years and they've just come through, he just seems to get lads in who have a bit of talent, doesn't seem to restrict them in any way, shape or form, just go and play and they just seem to get better and better. Um, does come back to the dressing room, they have a great dressing room there. Like you go back, to, you think of what we said about the Sligo dressing room, it's the exact opposite with Dundalk over the last few years. And um, It's a credit to Stephen and, and I really fancy him to qualify. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I would be shocked if they didn't get through. Shocked? Shocked. You're going for... One and three, so one win and three defeats for the Irish clubs. Yes. I'm going to go for two, with a hopeful two that Rovers just might shock Ike. I don't say that with confidence, but I do think Dundalk will go through. Yeah, I think Dundalk will go through. Derry really should have a chance against Minsk. Like, if, if, you, if, 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 if Rovers rocked up against Minsk, I think they'd have a squeak. Certainly Cork would. Yeah. Or, or, or Dundalk would definitely have a chance. It's just that Derry... Derry are just piss poor at the moment, basically. <laughs> like they've, I think they've won two from the last nine and lost yeah, seven of those. Yeah. And, and you mentioned earlier, defensively, if you're anyway weak defensively, you're you're in trouble. And so. they're weak mentally anyway. That that team has issues, definitely. Um, they're the type of lad. If he was in the bar, I'd be very nice to him. Really? Yeah, because I'd have I'd I'd have sympathy for him. I think he's gone through tough times, and he doesn't need any grief from me. Just let him have a nice night. You know. Really? Yeah. You're such a nice lad, Johnny. You were never nice to me, though. No, but then we're Who's on the it? right track. We're getting there, are we? Who's going to win the league? Who's going to win the league, Dundalk? Yeah, four points. I, I said Cork at the start of the season, but... So um, did I. I don't know, I just... Yeah, Dundalk. Bowes play Sligo on Friday. Um, Sligo, can we have need, a, Sligo need a reaction, don't can they? We, they absolutely do. Can we have a prediction from you? Uh, I'm going to go with Bowes. Because I actually think the manager coming out criticising the players, that dressing room the way it is... I wouldn't fancy them to uh, to react in the right way. Yeah, I, I'm not sure Sligo's restroom is as bad as that. I, I actually don't really think they have the players. I'd look more at their recruitment than attitude, um, and they haven't been in bad form. Minus 11 isn't that bad for, for a team that's third last. And if you look at Limerick and Bray, it's like, well, surely we don't finish bottom two. I, I, I think we're a bit harsh on Sligo there. In any event... Um, ah, Johnny, come on, they should be in the top three. Like, what they have ah, there... No, no, no. The, Absolutely no. The players are nowhere near good enough. No, maybe but if maybe the club was ran properly, I think that's the problem. I what think would their budget be though versus I, the top? I I don't have a clue of budget to that. But like think back to five years ago, they were yeah top. Were they top side? When, when was the last time they won the league? How many years ago? They was won that? the abridged season in twelve. Was it? That was a kind of a yeah. yeah. Uh, for them to go from where they were there to where they are now, it's just it's not acceptable. And they, there's no one competing with them. Like they have the ground, they have the resource in terms of the local community buying into it and all that. So, yeah, I think definitely they should be. When I, you look at what Waterford has done, yeah, they should I, be up around there. I have this debate with uh, Alan Cawley all the time, though. He's always giving out about Sligo that they should be better, they should be this, they should be that. First of all, they don't. The king of Sligo. Well, well first of all, they don't have the players as far as I can see now. And I don't think they have the resources of like Waterford, Rovers, Cork, or Dundalk. Maybe they're more like Derry City, and that's where the level they should be at. Should they be any better than mid-table? I don't see it at all. I think it's a competitive league, um, but 
Oh, I think you're splitting hair when you've listen. Yeah. Dundalk and Cork are just way ahead of everyone else, aren't they? Like there's no one, no one next or near them. Then you have Rovers should probably be up there competing with them. Thinking of the way that club is, the resources they have in that club should be doing better. Um, to be fair, like and then you've water for Derry Pats. Bowls, they're all around much much the same. So when you put them together like that, I think Sligo should be leading that group. Uh, first division results from last weekend. UCD won, Shelburne won, um, which is good news for the other teams because UCD now have one point from two games. Galway four, Athlone Town won. Um, some, some, Galway could have won that about 14-1 apparently. Draw the nil, Harps won. And Harps have just somehow pulled this out of the fire that they've just racked up a load of narrow victories. Drogheda, apparently the better team, but gave away a late goal. Cabin Teeley won Wexford too. Great win for Cabin Teeley. And by far the result of the weekend, Cove Ramblers going to Longford and winning. Longford were in excellent form. Um, I saw Cove recently against Galway. They kind of feel a bit like a Cork City feeder club. A lot of the fans there were clearly Cork City fans. A lot of the players were either on loan from Cork or ex-Cork. And they really nice, nice team. Played on a kind of a rough pitch at St. Coleman's Park, but they were a likeable team, and that was a massive result. So the first division um, is getting really tight now, and with a view to that, we'll talk about, uh, I'll, I'll mention the fixtures on Friday, at Lone versus Cabin Teeley, uh, Shelburne versus Strahdy United, Finn Harps against Longford, Wexford against UCD, and in a strange twist of fate, Cover against Galway, which was um, actually played recently enough. Um, I want to thank Damo for coming in because he was the only guy who actually came in this weekend. I was at the Galway Tip Hurling game yesterday trying to organise guests and it wasn't that easy. And Ronan Finn, we thought we had him on, but Ronan thought he was just over the phone. And for Ronan to give us six audio messages and for Rory Higgins to do it while clearly driving, um, <laughs> although he says he was driving back from Dundalk, um, I'm, I'm just wondering, how, he, how do you think he did that? I don't know. He did well. I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> he, he, had be. To th- he had to think about his answers. He had to think about you know, how his proximity to the car in front of him, and he had to do a WhatsApp audio. Great job, Rory Higgins. He did well. Well done, Rory. So we look forward to the European Games. It was great having you on, Dale. Johnny, absolute yeah. pleasure. Um, we managed to get through one without falling out. Absolutely. And Google... Just keeps thriving, you know, just keeps slowly but surely taking over our lives, really, isn't it? Does it? Uh, absolutely. I'll move on from that one. And we're closing we'll in. Let's get you for a coffee again soon. Absolutely. Uh, there was lovely coffee as well and great views, amazing views, best views I've ever seen in Dublin, like yeah. 13th floor. Yes, 13th like floor. Dan yeah. is nearly back. Um, I will, I'm away now for the next couple of days. I'm going to miss the European games, but I might see a few of you in Dundalk uh, for the second leg of the Lavadi game. And if you're going along to Cork, Derry, or uh, Tala in the next couple of days cheer on the Irish team whether you support them or not because it does help us along the way thanks for listening but there are limits to your life